we remember all the times that you have been faithful in our lives, all the ways that you have been faithful to us personally, to our families, to our church. God, we remember how you have provided, how you have sustained, how you have grown us. God, we give thanks to you for you are great and you are mighty and you are worthy of our praise. And so we come before you today and we lift our hands and we lift our voices to you and nothing else. God, we remember all those who are not with us this morning, those who are sick at home, those who are traveling on the roads, we ask that you would, that you would uh, heal them, that you would protect them. God, we pray for our world that's so broken. As we remember all those hurting in the Middle East with the bombing of the, the mosque in Egypt. God, we think of the men and the women and the children who have perished without coming to know you. God, our world is broken, and we ask that you would heal it. Lord Jesus, as we enter into this season of Advent, as we, as we look towards Christmas and, and your birth, God, we, we pray. We pray that your return would come soon. God, we pray that you would come. But God, even in that midst, we trust you. We believe you. And we look forward to all the things that you will do in our midst, both here today and in the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. Well, good morning. Good morning. I, I trust that you all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I, know that, uh, I know that I did. Um, ours was a little more low-key this year. Um, how many of y'all uh, went out of town? You went somewhere? Nobody. Yes, a few. Okay, there we go. All right. How many of y'all stayed at home and people came to you? Yeah, all right, all right. And hopefully uh, good food was had by all. Yes, yes. I, I was thinking about Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about um, how we remember, you know. We remember on Thanksgiving, you know, that we're, we're thankful. We remember all of our blessings. We remember all that. And then I was like, that's kind of weird that, like, we have to remember to do that. Like, it, it's, it's weird there. Um, and, and so as we're, as we're thinking about that, you know, we, we just generally as a people, we, we forget. Generally as a people, we need to be reminded to remember. We can't even remember to remember. And, and so I, I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, like, man, like, it would be really great. You know what would be really great right now, guys? If, if I told you a story uh, about uh, myself and like something, you know, great big detail that I forgot and, and I was so embarrassing and all that. Um, but what is better than telling you a story about myself if I tell you, a, how about I tell you a story about somebody else, huh? Yes? Yes, that is definitely better, right? So, so I actually heard this story this morning, okay? No joke, this happened last night, okay? Last night. 
Um, so uh, a friend. Um, so I have, I, have, I have a friend, okay? Um, I, won't, I won't tell you who they are because they're, they're here today. They're in the church or whatever. Um, but totally not going to tell them your name, Mark, okay? Not mentioning that, okay? Um, but... But, so, uh, my friends Mark and Lisa, they are, uh, <laughs> see, I did it. I, I don't know why I did that. I, I was dumb. No. Okay. Anyways, so Mark and Lisa are, are doing their kitchen, okay? And, and Lisa is, is painting. Uh, it's, a, it's a joint project. Um, really, uh, if you want marital bliss, uh, you should definitely work together with your spouse to do something. Perhaps hanging wallpaper or painting, whatever you choose. That would be great. Um, but so you're there painting, and uh, and Lisa she paints the baseboards, and she uh, she then puts the lid back onto the paint, and and she tries to get that you know lid back on there. I don't know, like, and she she pushes it. Well, you know, it's not going back quite the way it was. You know, hey, so she turns to Mark and she says, Mark, the lid's not on like real great. The lid just is, is kind of like whatever. Whatever you do, don't shake it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so she, she goes upstairs to get cleaned up. You know, she, she's got some paint on. And uh, it, it wasn't until she gets back downstairs that she hears, you know, the, the, the cries, the, the murmurs, the, the, the just general whimpering of, of, of things. As, as Mark is now covered in paint, it is all over him, it is all over the floor, it is everywhere, because he grabs the paint can and he just does this, right? Y'all have been there, y'all have done that. Okay, maybe not done that, but like, we, we've all been there, we've all forgotten something, Something that would have been really important to remember. And, and so, um, you know, I think about that. And I think about, wow, like in, in Scripture, is that not the story of us? Is that not the story of the Israelites? Is that not the story of even now, even today? Where the things that we ought to remember, we don't quite remember. And sometimes we remember like really weird details. And so today, if you have your Bibles with me, um, we're going to go to the book of Joshua. Okay? Uh, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 4. If you uh, don't have your Bible, you got your phone, you can go to the Bible app. Joshua 4, our, our notes will be in there. You can do that and it will be on the screen too. But uh, there is a, there's this scene in Joshua 4 that I want us to, to look at uh, more closely today and talk about. And so read along with me um, as we do this. Joshua chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 1. And here's what it says. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future... When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. 
These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. So we kind of enter into the middle of the story here, but let me kind of tell you what's up here. All right, so we know that Moses, right, was leading the Israelites, all of that. Moses passes the torch to Joshua, who is going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And they get here to this place, the Jordan River, and the Jordan River is at flood stage. In some places, it is a half a mile wide of rushing water. But see, as soon as the priests who are carrying the ark, um, they're carrying the ark of the covenant, they reach the Jordan, their feet touch the water's edge, the water from upstream stops completely. The people of God, led by Joshua, cross over the river near Jericho on dry ground in the middle of a river at flood stage. This is only something God could do, right? See, to say that they were elated would be this understatement. They had been wandering around, right? They, first of all, they'd gone from slaves in Egypt. Then they, you know, they, they're hundreds of years in Egypt, and they're wandering around aimlessly for, for like 40 years in the desert. And now they're here, the land of milk and honey, the promised land. It's time to start building some cities. How about subdivisions? Wait, wait, what's that? We have to get rid of the people already living there? We can do that. All right, let's do it. Time to get on with it. Let's go. See, these were people who were normal. They were normal people with hopes and dreams. That they had experienced bad times and trying times. I'm, I'm sure those desert years were somewhere between, I don't know, struggle and challenge. But now they're ready for the good times. I mean, think about it. How busy they must have been. Their entire lives going with them. You got the, the military men in the front, right? Uh, they're, they're ready to take on the enemy, but, but there's a, a whole caravan behind them. You got, you got wives and, and children and families and cattle and, and tents and all their supplies, the baggage. But God instructs them on what they must do before they do anything else. See, this could not wait. If they were to listen to God, if they were to obey God, if they were to do what God wants them to do, then there was no, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we should, we should definitely praise God. Like, of course, we should definitely set up a memorial. We're, we're definitely going to do that. We're going to do that. Like, we'll put that on the to-do list. Maybe, how about after we set up camp? We will definitely set up that memorial. Maybe, maybe after we, let's go and ransack Jericho first, and then we'll, then we'll set up the, the whole rock thing. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll do it. No, 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 no. This is way more important than that. God tells them, before you do anything else, take 12 men, go back to the river. 12 men, one from each tribe, go back to the river, which isn't so much a river anymore, right? It's dry ground. 
go back to the river and take 12 stones, one stone each, with them to camp. Now, I know what you might be picturing. You might be picturing like these, these stones, like these small ones, like kind of just stacked up like, you know, vertically or whatever. No, 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 no. These were not pebbles. These were not just like little handheld. Like, like they, these were boulders. They, they had to pick them up and they carried them on. It says they carried them on their shoulders. And they put them down at their camp at Gilgal to serve as a memorial to the people of Israel forever. See, it may seem somewhat peculiar that they were there, that they were to gather these rocks before they did anything else. But, but see, God, in his infinite wisdom, he knew that they were going to forget. He knew that they were going to forget. And so, and so, I, I mean, think about it. The Israelites, they're, they're these people who kind of have this, this track record for the, like a, well, what have you done for me lately kind of people. See, God delivers them from Pharaoh. Oh my gosh, we're going to die. We're in the desert. You should have just left us there. And then God gives them manna and quail. Oh my gosh, we're going to die. It doesn't keep. We're going to starve to death. They say, I'm thirsty. God gives them water. Wait, what if I'm thirsty tomorrow? It's what they do. They're professional forgetters. They forget. And let's be real. Let's be real. It's what we do, too. It's what we do, too. We don't remember what God did for us or how he provided for us most of the time. All we know is that right in front of us there's this need or this want that we, we desire to be filled. And so memorials, much like this one, are so important because they help us remember. These aren't just stones. And so there's a few things I want us to see today. By the first thing is this. By establishing the uh, memorial, the Israelites would remember to give thanks to God. And so we too, we must remember to give thanks to God. We must remember. See, all too often, we do not thank God for what I think are probably a couple reasons. Okay? The first reason is this. Timeliness. We're busy people. Life moves at a fast pace. It's too easy in our busyness to go on and forget to give thanks to God. I mean, I mean, I mean, of course I'm thankful to God. I mean, why wouldn't I be? Like, obviously, doesn't he know that? Yes, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't. See, we belong to a God who never forgets. We belong to a God who never forgets. He always remembers. He knows how he provided for you when you were out of work. He knows how he sustained you when you were grieving the loss of a loved one. He knows how he gave you your spouse to do life with. He remembers how he blessed you with those beautiful children. God remembers 
And yet a lot of times we're just like, surely, I mean, surely he knows I appreciate it, right? I mean, I don't have to tell him what he already knows. But I guess I'm wondering here, does God really know it? No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that God doesn't know all things. But I am saying that we have a tendency to not be thankful. And totally, totally, if we are thankful, he knows it. But are we really thankful? I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency in my life. I have a tendency to not recognize the praiseworthy moments. In in that moment, I tend to, to zip right by those things that I ought to stop. Put a marker in the sand. Build a memorial and say, Ben, remember this. Remember this, Ben. See, the people of Israel, they probably fell into uh, a couple of camps. On the one hand, some of the Israelites might have, they, they might have been, I mean, honestly, they might have been a little stupid, okay? They, they, might, they might have been so not affected by the crossing of the Jordan River that they didn't think it was a big deal. No need to set up a lasting memorial to remember your average Tuesday. Not that we've ever failed to recognize the miraculous in our lives. On the other hand, some of them were probably so affected, so deeply touched, that they thought, there's no need to erect a memorial to this. I'm always going to remember. Some, this, thing, this thing that God did here is always going to be on my heart and mind. It will be on my heart and it will be on the tongue of every Israelite in every age. But God knew that the Israelites would soon move on to the next thing. If they hadn't, then perhaps uh, it would have led to the second reason we don't remember and uh, give thanks to God. It's, it's forgetfulness. So the first one's timeliness. They're, they're, they're so busy. But the second one is forgetfulness. I mean, it's like I always tell our students on, on Wednesdays. I say, I say, write this down. If you don't write it down, you won't remember it. And if you don't remember it, it won't change you. See, God knew that if they didn't set up a memorial right then and right there, if they didn't put a reminder in the form of what I can only imagine is a small mountain, 12 boulders, then it would truly be out of sight and out of mind. See, God is worthy of our praise. David writes in Psalm 103, he says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, God doesn't need our praise, but he wants it. He wants us to remember. He wants us to be thankful. He wants all that is due him. See, if we don't remember, we don't give thanks. And if we don't give thanks, we cheapen the gift. 
and we neglect the giver. And that's not including the personal effects that it has on my own heart, my mind, and uh, all, of the, all that has to go on with that. Uh, you know, I love how Psalm 107 says this. It, listen to this. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I mean, it goes on and on. Here, how about another example here? Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. Prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. See, we remember and we tell others, right? We tell what God has done because he is the one who did it. If the Israelites had simply moved forward and not set up a memorial, not remembered, imagine what might have happened. Oh, the things they would have forgotten. I mean, I mean think about it. Like, what if they didn't forget what if, they, what if they remembered and they remembered the wrong thing? Would everyone there remember it the same way? If they're prone to forget, then perhaps they're prone to take credit. This brings us to our second point. We must remember to have faith in God. We must remember to have faith in God. See, this memorial didn't just remind them to praise God. Uh, to give praise to God, but also reminded them to have faith in the one who did it. These were 12 boulders from the bottom of a river at flood stage, stacked upon themselves some distance away from the river. I mean, who does that? Even if you saw it, and, and at the time, you know, I'm thinking like, maybe someone saw it and they're like, hmm, Amos must be working on his modern art again. No, like, who gets boulders from the bottom of the river of the Jordan in flood season? It is impossible. Nobody could take credit for this. This was a miracle. Only God does stuff like this. And suddenly what was meaningless and inconsequential, like some water and some rocks, have suddenly become a deeply sacred reminders of a deeply spiritual experience. See, if we fail to remember, then it can often lead to misremembering. Perhaps people start to compliment Joshua on his fine leadership. Suddenly, Joshua adds it to his resume, led people across the Jordan. Wait, no, that's not right. Through the Jordan, that sounds better. The priests 
They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Well, I was the one holding it. I I stopped the waters from moving that day. Imagine what would have happened with the story. See, if we were to somehow believe that we were the ones to make it happen, then when that next obstacle comes, when that next challenge, the next trial comes our way, we might question, will I overcome it? Can I conquer it? But instead, we remember that God is the one who did it, and he does all things well. And then we become more than conquerors through him. As God told Joshua in chapter 1, before they even got to the Jordan River, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God reminds Joshua before he ever starts. God reminds him. Your strength isn't in your ability. Your strength isn't in your skills. But rather in the ability of God. And he is strong and able. When we remember what God has done, our faith is strengthened. When we remember what God has done, even the darkest days don't seem as dark because we have a great God on our side. See, there would be days long after Joshua and the Jordan. There would be days where they would need faith. Days where they would have to remember what God had done in the past and cling to the hope that he would do it again. There would be a day when a young man would stare down a giant and proclaim, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. There would be days where they would wonder, does God really hear our prayers? Is he really listening? Is he going to help us? Is he going to rescue us? They would need to remember what God had done in the past and cling to that promise that a Savior would come. There would be a day when all hope would seem lost. The Son of Man, the light of the world hanging on a cross. Would they remember what God was capable of? We have faith in God when we remember all that God has done for us. So we, we remember to give God praise. We remember and our faith in God is strengthened. The third thing I want us to see today is that we remember to tell others about God. We remember to tell others about God. See, at the end of Joshua 4, it it tells us more of this story. Here's what it says. It says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you. Until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did 
to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. We remember because this isn't just about us. It's about our children and our children's children and their children. See, Joshua tells the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, this isn't about the present age. He would have just said, hey, tell your kids. No, he says, he says descendants asking their parents much further down on the family tree than we would ever think, this memorial wasn't just for those who lived through it. It was for all to see it. It wasn't just for those who were too young to remember. It was for those who hadn't even been born yet. Psalm 78 says this, We will not hide, from, hide them from, our, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed the statues, the statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. See, this passage, this passage here, it, it echoes back to Deuteronomy 6 before they ever even got to the Jordan. What Moses told the people of Israel, he says, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames and your houses and your gates. Remember this. Remember this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities that you didn't build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When God does great things for you, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. And tell your children. Tell them. Talk about it. Write about it. Sing about it. Make it known. What does Psalm 107 say that we, we read earlier? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to tell others. The Israelites set up a memorial so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. The Israelites could point to these 12 stones and remember. Others could look and they could see what God had done. But that's not the case for us. 
Instead, we look at the cross and we remember. We look at the cross and we remember. We are reminded that the living stone was rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. And it is because of him that we are like living stones. We are like living stones who are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones, living memorials. You and I, living memorials to what God has done. We tell the stories of how God has done miraculous things. We don't hide the fact that we were in a heap of trouble if God hadn't worked in our lives. The Israelites, let's face it, they would have been in over their heads, literally. They would have drowned, but instead, they get to experience the blessing because God was triumphant that day. We don't have to be ashamed about being in a heap of trouble. We don't have to be ashamed that we ran over our heads. We know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but God was there and he didn't let us drown. God was there and he kept me from sinking. God was there and I didn't descend into the deep. It was tough, but God brought me through it. See, we remember because it gives glory, brings praise and honor to our king. We remember because it encourages our faith. And now we're stronger than we ever were before. We remember because we bear witness to all we come in contact with. That there is a God. And he's good. Will you bow your heads with me as we reflect on this wonderful gift? See, we were once hopeless. Dead in our sins and trespasses. Buried in the muck and the mire. Like stones in the depth of the river bed. But as it says in Ephesians 2. But God. Being rich in mercy. Because of the great love. With which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with Christ. So he picked us up. You and me. And he washed us off. And that's not all. It says that he raised us up. He raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness to, toward us in Christ Jesus. God has elevated us 
from our lowly position to show off his greatness to the world. That all may know that there is a God. That all may know that he is near. That all may know that his love and mercy have no end. If you're here today and maybe you're watching online and you're having a a week or a month, maybe even a year, know that God is in your midst and he does highly improbable things. Maybe your, your faith is stale. You're bored perhaps apathetic, it's time to remember and be rejuvenated. Don't hold on to the past. See, remembering isn't about thinking that our best days are behind us. We remember, we give thanks, and we set off in a new direction, being confident that God will do greater things in our future. When God does something for us, let's Let's put a marker there, something that we can remember, something that we can come back to, that we can point to, something that says, remember this, remember this. God, we thank you. We thank you, God. For all the times that you have stepped in all the times that you have rescued us, all the times that you have given and required nothing in return. God, forgive us for for not recognizing, for not pointing to you, for not even acknowledging what you've done for taking for granted God you are the giver of good gifts so God we remember you today God we confess that we may forget tomorrow but we remember today We remember you today. Help us in our busyness. Help us in our forgetfulness. Help us in our thinking that we can do it on our own. Help us to trust in you. God, may you reign. May you have that place of prominence on our hearts on our minds and on our tongues that we might show you off to all. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right now we're going to have a time of response. If you'd like someone to pray with you, uh, you can just come over here. The altar is open for all to seek God to call upon the name of the Lord, to pray. You can come by yourself, come with others. Please stand with me as we respond.
to God during this time.